Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Oh, hi. I'm back again. So today we're talking about what to do with a sweet obsessed toddler. I would say that's probably one of the worst fears that parents will have. Um, I guess there's two. One is that my child will become a picky eater. And two, it's that my child will become sweet obsessed. (laughs) And I know it ignites this like panic in us. When we think of somebody as an adult, let's say, who's sweet obsessed, we think somebody who has a horrible diet, you know, images will start to form in our mind of what that person will look like. We're very trained to think, you know, sugar is the devil, sugar is bad, and that it's addicting. So we kind of feel like sugar has this control over us. And so if they are sweet obsessed, well, that means that, you know, sugar has won them over. And then it's going to be like trying to break an addiction of any sort. It's going to be so hard to get them out of this. So I want to talk to you today about, well, first of all, what would you do in order to get them out of this? But even more than that, how do we need to reframe desserts and sugar and sweet treats and all that stuff in our minds and in our toddler's minds to form a healthy relationship with food and really just get down to the truth um, and not, not just like live in this panic and fear over it? So... I am going to start by maybe getting you all to think about understanding where the fear of sugar and sweets comes from. So think about where you may have formed your first ideas around sugary foods. What do you um, associate as like feelings that come with the idea of eating a sugary sweet, let's say? A lot of times we think it's pleasurable. We think it's, uh, you know, it's a treat. It's sometimes given as a reward or when we had a bad day and we deserve it. We also think it's bad, right? So a lot of times and, oh, you know, I don't know, leave me a review or something. Send me a, a message on Instagram if this resonates with you. But we eat something like a piece of cake or chocolate or anything that you can kind of think of a typical sweet sugary dessert and we think oh my god I was so bad I had a cookie yesterday or I had two pieces of chocolate cake yesterday or whatever it is and notice the wording and the terminology and the feelings again that we associate with this I was so bad And that really comes from the fact that we believe those foods are bad and therefore if we eat them, we are now bad. So this is a topic that's very deep. I can go on for a long time about it. I think there's a lot to unpack with it and I will definitely do a podcast episode on the harm in 
focusing on good and bad foods. There's obviously going to be more nutritious foods, maybe, or I should say even more nutrient-dense foods compared to non-nutrient-dense foods, but that doesn't mean they are bad to eat or good to eat, and they certainly do not make you bad or good. So understanding like kind of what the ideas are that we personally have as adults and the fears that we have around sugar and sweet treats, we can then begin to dismantle that and and better serve our children, our toddlers, better teach them what we don't want them to experience that we experience ourselves around that. So you're going to understand a little bit more as I get into this. So I'm going to start with, I guess, first of all, the number one thing I want to tell you, if you find you have a sweet, obsessed toddler, I'm going to just calm you down hopefully and let you know that it is very normal for toddlers to love the taste of sweets it's very normal for toddlers to love the taste of anything carbohydrate carbohydrate I said that weird but um, anything that's a carb so if you think about our main energy source uh, the way our brain uses energy they actually or it actually uses glucose as its main form so glucose is really the broken down form of a carbohydrate and glucose equals sugar. That's what glucose molecules are. So that is, if you think about it, that that's a preferred source of energy, then of course our body's going to crave glucose and sugar. And so when we get some in, our body loves that and then it wants more. If it's, let's say, in need of quick source of energy, it goes towards craving, I guess, carby, sugary foods, um, getting that quick fix versus maybe something like a protein, a high protein food, right? But again, it's it's very, very normal. And this is the same thing for toddlers as it is for adults. Now, when toddlers sometimes, when they're first exposed to sweets or sugary foods, maybe because um, they haven't had it before, you know, I personally recommend um, and World Health Organization recommends that we Delay the introduction of sweets and sugary foods and added sugars until the age of two. That doesn't always happen. There's a million reasons for that. And again, that's fine. But we do our best to kind of delay it to that point. And then at that point, we see that toddlers become more aware of their surroundings around the food that's on other people's plates, around the cake that's at the birthday party, you know, all this stuff, they start to become more aware. And so the last thing we want to do is actually deprive them of that once they're actually aware. And I will get into this in the next um, couple of points as to why we don't want to do that. But basically, at this time, you start to expose it to them. And if they've only been used to whole foods, if they've only been used to non, you know, sugar added foods, non-processed foods, all of that stuff, this is going to be a new taste for them. So there are many, many cases where that I've seen that, you know, toddlers actually don't enjoy it or, you know, they take a bite, they take a lick and then they're kind of done. And adults stand in amazement and they're like, they're like, what? Why aren't you eating this, you know, sucker? Or like, why aren't you licking your ice cream? this is amazing like what the heck is happening what's wrong with you and we don't always realize that and for toddlers any new food is an, is something that they're going to approach with caution and they also start to form their own ideas around what that food means um what that food I guess how we associate that food and when do we eat that food and what are the feelings that are connected to that food by looking at us and what we do. So notice how we may serve ice cream for the first time. Ooh, 
oh my goodness, you get ice cream. Look at how amazing this looks. It looks so good. Take a lick. You're going to love it. Mmm, isn't that delicious? Versus maybe how we may have introduced carrots. You know, eat your carrot. Come on, eat your carrot. This is really good for you. Or take a bite. And you might say, mmm, that's good. But you're definitely not serving most normal, I'm going to say quote unquote normal everyday foods with the same level of enthusiasm as we do sweets and treats. So just from that, from the get-go, we actually start to teach our children how to view these foods and what meaning these foods take on. And they quickly start to associate it with fun and deliciousness and as something great. So one of my tips is to treat desserts and sweets like any other food in a neutral manner, present it in a very factual manner. I'm not saying never get excited over it, but you know, don't be overly, I I guess, you know, enthusiastic about that food over other foods. In general, hopefully you're not really bringing too much attention to the food that they're eating. I have a blog post on this that I have a link actually in the show notes. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, but it's about mealtime conversations. There's a part one and there's a part two. So I'll link both of them. But in there, I talk about how you should really just take the focus off of food and why you should do that and how to present things just in a very neutral manner so that your toddler doesn't form these associations about these foods and doesn't kind of end up with this complex that we all end up having around sweets and treats. So that's my first thing I want to say. Now, the next thing is that generally speaking, Okay, here's a lot of you are, are, excuse me, a lot of you are going to probably, I don't know, cringe and maybe think I'm crazy by saying this. But generally speaking, the more sweet obsessed that your toddler is, the more you need to expose them to sweets. What? Yeah, I know, but it's true. And here's why. Toddlers and adults are usually obsessed with what they can't have. So if your kids never ever see a dessert or a treat food or sweet food or whatever you want to call it, if they never see it present and accessible in the house, you better bet that they're going to go crazy when they finally do run into it outside of the home, especially again if they've already formed that association that this is an amazing, special, awesome, delicious, best ever food. And because they've never had experience with it um, or they haven't had enough experience with it, they don't really have any practice handling it and eating it in a mindful way. So I will tell you a quick story about my son, Jonah. Um, (laughs) He is my youngest. He is now 10. I should know that off the top of my head, but he's 10. When he was about, I think he was about three years old, I had this rule in the house and I was a little too clear on the rule I I now know I now realize and I've learned that I basically said you know we're allowed one treat food a day and that treat food varied it was not like the worst of the worst sometimes it was just a granola bar with chocolates chocolate chips in it sometimes it was a piece of cake sometimes it was whatever but I kind of had this category for what I considered treat foods and we would have one a day and um the portions were small And they seemed to be okay with it. I thought everything was good. They understood the rules. They would understand, oh, I I get a treat food and I'm going to have it now. And I know I'm not going to have it later. Like they didn't necessarily verbalize it, but they understood it. And I remember one night I was sitting down. I had put them to bed. I thought he was asleep. I was sitting down to watch TV or something, just hang out in the living room. And he came in bawling his eyes out. 
mom i'm so bad i'm so bad and i'm like what what are you talking about what is going on jonah and he kept repeating i'm so bad i'm so bad and i brought he like led me into his room and i was trying to comfort him and trying to figure out what's wrong why are you crying and he went and opened up his closet door and pulled back like i mean keep in mind this is a three-year-old he pulled back the clothes that were hanging kind of like on the lower section of his closet behind it there was a stash of i'm telling you like the most random candy treat foods I've ever seen. It was things from like, I remember we went to a birthday party at, um, it was like his cousin's birthday party at the theaters and he wasn't even really invited, like he was just way younger than the kids there, but he had gotten a sucker from there and he had kept it and I didn't know. He had like little like M&Ms or like whatever little weird things and wrappers and treat bags and stuff he had hidden behind his clothes in the closet. And there were wrappers, there were empty wrappers. And I immediately knew, I was like, you know, what he was trying to tell me. And I was like, are you eating these like foods at night? And he burst out crying again. And he was like, yes, I am. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'm bad. And I honestly, my heart sunk and I felt like the worst mom ever. That was a moment that was super difficult for me because I knew what was happening. And I, I read about this. I had studied this at this point. And what was happening was that I was being too restrictive. Whether I wanted to believe that I was restrictive or not, he felt that I was being restrictive. And the, he, again, he doesn't say this to me. This is not something he can articulate or maybe form the thought around. But he instinctively felt that this is a food that is not accessible it's not accessible enough therefore I need to hide it I need to hoard it I need to eat it in secret he obviously got that idea that this is something that you know you kind of eat in shame that you eat on your own that you eat in the dark that you eat when everyone's asleep honestly these ideas they're don't they don't come out of nowhere they start forming early and despite the best of intentions that I've had for him and for my my other son you know wanting to raise them to have a healthy relationship with food learn to love all foods all of this stuff and this was very early on in my journey with pediatric feeding but I knew better and I could not believe that this had happened so the solution just to skip forward a little bit what I ended up doing I decided that I was going to offer him more I was going to present these sweets and treats more often. I was not going to talk so much about this quote-unquote rule I had that it was one a day only. I started to shift my approach around desserts and sweets. And lo and behold, he began to feel like he has nothing to worry about anymore. That these foods will come around. That it's not, again, something that is bad if you eat it you know especially in compared to other foods so I really really want to stress that if you feel like this is a hard thing to offer it more so maybe you're offering it once or twice a week maybe you're not offering it at all and you're just waiting for that time when they go and see an older sibling or cousin eating something and then they want it whatever it is I want you to 
increase the amount of times that you are offering it or that they see it and experience it. So if they were getting it twice a week or once a week, I want you to offer it two to three times a week, right? I just want them to feel like this is not something that is so rare. And again, you're presenting it neutrally. And I just want to let you know that there's no set number of times a week, let's say, or per day that you have to expose your child to some kind of sweets or treats in order for them to like be over this obsession, right? It's different for every family. It's different for every kid. Some of them might not even need it once a week. You know, maybe your child really just doesn't have that obsession. Maybe others are so preoccupied and focused on it that they need to see it come around every day. So, I mean, we all want to keep the amount of sugar intake low. We know that the World Health Organization recommends 10% or less of our calories to come from added sugar. But this is a long game we're playing here. And so we need to first tackle the underlying issue of preoccupying ourselves with food, preoccupying ourselves with sweets specifically, the ideas that we have around it. And then we can start to maybe reduce sugar little by little if you feel like it's a really big problem. But we just really want them to feel that confidence that they will have access to it without having to go crazy by binging on it when they encounter it outside of the home or wherever it might be. Now with dessert in particular, I want to really stress the point that if dessert is offered at all, you know, at a meal, it's got to be offered to everybody regardless of how much or what they ate for their main meal. So if your toddler didn't eat all of their chicken, you should not be restricting them from dessert and letting them know, well, you didn't eat all your chicken, so you can't have dessert. It's not fair to let one family member enjoy a dessert and then restrict the other one. This is basically a form of pressure, and pressure always ends up backfiring in the long run. Also, keep in mind that the decision to serve dessert or not, it stays with you. It's served because you put it on the menu, not because your child asked for it or again, because they deserve it, right? So I, a couple things. I want to draw your attention to a previous episode that I have done on the one feeding strategy that will transform mealtimes forever. Um, I will link that one in the show notes as well. That is all about the division of responsibility, talking about your roles in feeding and your toddler's or your baby's role in feeding and basically how you can use your roles and responsibilities to actually form a healthy relationship with food, that is number one. And that is where we talk a little bit about catering and how we do not want to do that. And the decision's got to come from you for what you're serving, including desserts. Second thing is that we really don't want our child to get that idea that we deserve, we have earned, it is a reward to get sweets and treats. So if we are really sticking to our responsibility of just choosing what to offer and letting our child actually decide if and how much they want to eat from what we've offered them, then we cannot then come and say to them, you decided not to eat your rice or your broccoli or your chicken and so you're not going to be able to have your dessert. We are offering dessert at the meal. That is what we have decided. They can choose if they want it or not. So we've got to let go of this control 
This is a very hard thing for many of us to do. But I promise you, when you start to do this, you will see the relationship, the ideas, all of that stuff that we're talking about start to shift. And you will see that the obsession doesn't end up lingering. You will see that your child does not look at desserts as something that needs to be earned or that is on a higher pedestal or higher status than other food. It's a food like any other food. Which brings me to my next point. I want you to start to serve a small portion of dessert with meals instead of after meals. Okay? So if you are serving dessert at a meal, rather than waiting until the end, because a lot of times, you know what happens, your child will know a dessert's coming. I ideally don't even like to tell them that there's a dessert coming. I just kind of like to spring it on them if there is one. But especially if they ask or they predict a dessert's coming, they may choose to not eat something that's on their plate, especially if they've still got this obsession happening, and then forgo that meal in order to have the dessert. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that dessert and I want you to put, let's say it's a cookie, I want you to put a piece of that cookie on the plate with the rest of your child's actual meal you're not putting like crazy amounts realistically even with dessert they should be portioned like I would put out just the amount that you are okay with your child eating at least for most times there's going to be some exceptions where I I would like you to offer you know dessert or allow them to have access to something without having a limit or restriction Um, because that's going to teach them how to regulate themselves every once in a while. But for the most part, you put a small portion on the plate. And when you do this, you are removing the feeling of it being a reward. And it levels the playing field between that type of food and other types of food. So it makes it seem not so special anymore. And it's going to be just like any other food that you would serve. So when you separate it, like I mentioned before, it actually sets it apart as a special food and can cause them to overeat maybe. So maybe they know that I have to finish all my food in order to get that dessert. Even though my body's already told me I'm full, I'm going to overeat because I really want that dessert, that special food. And also, like I said, prevents them from under eating and skipping their meal so that they can quickly get dessert. So really, serving dessert at the end of a meal is causing this mindless eating habit to start to form as well, right? So we really don't want to teach them to ignore their hunger and fullness cues. We don't want to teach them to earn or work for or I guess idolize and prioritize desserts over other foods. So that's how you actually help solve that. So if you go ahead and you test this out, okay? I want you to be brave and I want you to test this out. Go ahead and put a small piece of a dessert on the plate alongside of everything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say, oh, look, dessert served with your meal today and oh, you know, anything like that. Here's your food. And if they ask for what that is, you can explain what each individual component is, but you don't have to say a whole lot. Again, present everything neutrally. And if you decide to try this out, you'll likely notice that your child will automatically fill up on the dessert first, especially if they are, again, sweet and treat obsessed and this is the first few times that you're serving it this way so I don't want you to freak out I want you to go in expecting this sit on your hands brace yourself know this is the process and although it can seem counteractive this is the first step to teaching them that desserts are not as special as we once made them to be and they're going to start to lose their extreme appeal factor okay so over time 
if you keep doing this, you're going to start to see that little by little, your child is not going to be as excited or maybe you'll start to see patterns like well they'll actually take a little bite of their cookie and then they'll put it down and they'll go for the corn and then they'll go for the I don't know mushrooms and then they'll go back to the cookie or you might see that they take a bite of their cookie and they never return to it or you might see that they go for their chicken first and then they go to their cookie or whatever it is there's going to be a whole bunch of variations a lot of times I am telling you guys when I post about this on Instagram it's always guaranteed I get a flood of messages uh, from parents who are like I thought you were crazy I was terrified to do this but look at what happened I did it and my toddler actually didn't even care that it was there or they took two bites or they left some on their plate And they still ate their other food. Because remember, we are the ones who are putting these ideas around food on our toddlers. Our toddlers really just want to fill up their bellies and move on, right? They see food as neutral. They see, you know, they don't see this whole good and bad, um, forbidden and not forbidden, this is better than the other food kind of, you know, mindset. They don't have that mindset We're the ones who give it to them. So if we show that we can trust them and that really it's a food like any other food, they will start to see that it is like that indeed. So I promise you, you'll be surprised. Give it a chance. Give it a couple weeks and send me a message. Let me know on Instagram. I think that's the best place. Send me a message and take a picture of your child's plate, maybe before and after and let's talk through this. Let's let's discuss it. Let's work through your feelings and coach you through this so that you can start to be free of this fear and your toddler can be free of the obsession with sweets and treats. All right, guys, I know you can do this. I also want to let you know that if you want any more information, I've got so much good information to give you about how to feed your toddlers inside of my Feeding Toddlers online course. If you want to really truly learn how to serve food, present food, talk about food, expose them to food, all of the stuff that expert dietitians and feeding therapists know and teach and study and do with their kids to see results, then this course is going to give it to you. And it's also going to dive into all of the topics around what to feed, the nutrients, the supplements, the growth charts, all of that stuff is covered. So if you're looking for help, don't feel like you have to sit in your stress and worry and wonder and Google all day only to find bits and pieces of info that don't even make sense when you put it all together. This is your full step-by-step plan. So check out the Feeding Toddlers online course. You can find a link to that in the show notes. So I hope this episode was helpful. Please leave a review if you found that this information was interesting helpful and you know share if you can share this podcast with some of your friends take a screenshot and share it on social media go ahead and tag me and spread the word so that we can really help raise a generation of healthy happy adventurous eaters together all right my friends i'll talk to you next week